Hi. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Janet. Hi, Carrie. Welcome. You know, I just want to start by saying that I've been just so overwhelmed and delighted with the response that we're getting from our friends and family and everyone who's listening. And I know I feel like I can speak for you a little bit in this context. About, about that, most things, probably. Right. But we're, I know that that you're as thrilled as I am about yeah. the feedback we're getting and just like the most surprising listeners that mm-hmm. approach us or send us messages. And I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who's been been with us this far or if this is your first episode thank you so much for listening and clicking on it and and going on this adventure with us i mean yeah it's also, really fulfilling it's really heartwarming it's very cool it's it's just been so organic and fun i mean as soon as it's not fun then then we'll who knows what will happen next but it's been really fun mm-hmm. but i do want to say like i apologize for telling you to rate us on because if you're on spotify you actually can't so stop <laughs> yeah. looking for yeah. how to rate us because you cannot. I don't know why they don't offer that feature, but they don't. But what if you could do, if you're listening on Spotify, maybe just share us on a social media of that you own or send us to your friend. or Right. Just, I mean, maybe that's happening already, but don't worry yeah. about giving us a rating because you can't. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I often can't find, I often fumble around in technology, <laughs> social media, as you know. Janet, how do I do this? Can you help me with this? But so I just figured I couldn't find it because I can't find half of the things I look for. And then I just kept getting people asking me, I, how do I leave a review on Spotify? So thank God Janet figured it out as usual. Yeah, but I, I did figure out, I did find the, the spot on Apple, but it doesn't seem like that many people are listening on Apple. But hopefully, hopefully more people will. I know that we it wasn't, published on apple kind of till later in the game so it is there for sure and i know that it's on some other um podcast platforms i'm not sure which ones like google or what some of the other ones that people use so who knows where they are i know that we're getting out there we're getting out there we have listeners i know yeah we have friends we have some friends and i do want to say Special, special thank you to my dear friend, Sue Allen, and she is our super fan and just continues to <laughs> spread the word. It's so sweet, so kind. It's just so heartwarming I think you, and you fulfilling. Probably, you probably just heard about 10 people's feelings by calling her our super fan. <laughs> I'm not saying she's one. the only one. <laughs> I'm not saying she's the only one, but really from day one, she's just been just real supportive. And It's very cool. Yeah. It's always it's always really surprising, heartwarming, just such a such a fun experience. It's just so fun. Yeah. Uh, what else? Any other housekeeping items? Housekeeping? No, I don't think so. I've been trying to release the feeling of that I I talked too much last time and that I was too like insistent on telling my experience or something and I feel like I went on too long at the end so I mean I guess I haven't really let go of it but I'm I'm dragging that around so yeah I think that's incorrect thank you Mm -hmm. I think people appreciate both I mean we're we have a lot in common but we have differences and Mm -hmm. I think people appreciate hearing from both yeah yeah I think so I think it's just 
Some of the stuff that we talk about is so complex. There's so many layers. And then sometimes once I start talking about it, it's like there's just so many rings of Saturn that you can get into. And I should have stopped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I should have stopped about four rings sooner (laughs) than I did and started to just kind of ramble. Are you saying that you you might have overshot the mark? I just got a little rambly. But if that's the worst, if that's the right? worst critique I have of myself, yeah, honestly, I'm doing. I'm doing um, let okay. me give you the update on sugar. Here is what's going on with me. Oh, lately mm-hmm. is sh- my relationship with sugar has not become any less problematic. But what is happening is I have been. I am inspired, or I am like a new curiosity and interest in. That's always how it works for me. It's, it's not like something gets removed. It's like other things get added. But I'm I'm adding, I'm just like more inclined to want to go for a walk or to like do some yoga or to ride the Peloton or to like, you know, bring other, like I would like a smoothie. All of a sudden I'm craving green smoothies instead of waking up with a bowl of cereal, right? Like, mm. so it's like my, my, inspiration to like do healthy things is increasing which i think is like the best possible way that you could want a negative experience to be decreasing it's just i'm kind of too busy doing things that feel actually healthy than Mm -hmm. to partake in something that feels not healthy so i have found that often if i get my body moving or something like if I if I start moving other areas of my being into towards wellness then the other areas follow along they and it's have to. the same They're thing all yeah connected. right and it's the same like as far as just maybe like trying to you know when I was trying to quit smoking or when I'm trying to I don't know whatever just like straighten out whatever yeah, there's right. something that's just so medicinal and so helpful and healing about moving your body yeah and I'm not you know I'm not the I'm definitely not the poster child for consistency or enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. By and I've like also just started like madly like a, a tweakopedia basically. Like I'm just madly researching um Hinduism. Mm. Like just learning all of like all the fables, reading the Bhagavad Gita, you know, like so that isn't re- directly related to sugar, but I do believe that's how my prayers tend to get answered yeah right? it's fix not the like spirit oh, sh- yeah yeah fix the fix the spirit or get interested in positive things and then my interest in negative things seems to mm. be diverted so it's right. very and that's, that's a very says, nice way yeah it says that in the big book too right like we straighten out spiritually and we straighten out mentally and physically right 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 let me know if you can get through the bhagavad vita because i I have tried to read that so many times and it's, you know, I love Eastern philosophies and as I, as I do with most things, I like the surface, I like the surface level of it. I like the meditation. I like the community, but all of the fables and the stuff and, and the, the folklore or whatever it is. I get I just get lost there. Mm-hmm. I just can't yeah. I can't buy into the fantastical mystical fables. It's the same with Christianity or Catholicism or Buddhism or any anything. Like I I like the 
the ritualistic stuff and then anything deeper, I'm just like, meh, it doesn't really it's same, I mean, the big book's me. the same kind of book, right? There's a ton of fables and themes and, you know, that's how the big book works too. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's like it, instead of giving you directions on how to recover from alcoholism, it tells a whole bunch of stories. Yeah. Right? We just learn a bunch of stories. And, and if you relate to those stories, you might be interested in this also or... Right. But, but I, lo- in- I love fable- fables. I love yeah. reading yeah. the stories. I like this. I like the stories in the AA book, but it's but they're not like, you know, Jim sat under a tree by a river for a thousand years. And then, well, right. you know, but they are, you know, he took a drive out to the country to go try to sell a car and sat at a diner or like brought out the carpet slippers. I mean, they are in their own time. Right, yeah. Right? Those, the fables are always, like, about their own time. And it's not so much, like, do you understand the context that they're written in as do you understand the gist? Yeah. The, like, the nuance. Mm-hmm. And so, right, we, I don't I don't live in the 30s, and I'm not a right. middle-aged white businessman, but I can <laughs> yeah. relate to the yeah. essence, right, the nuance, you know? Yeah. Well, what I was interested in, to hear more about was you had a two-hour interaction with someone that I would like to hear more about. Oh, yeah. It was wild. I started out the session with my therapist talking about the um, the young woman in the news who her body was found and her she was on a cross-country trip with her boyfriend and he's still, I don't know if they found him yet or whatever, but it appears to be a situation of, like, let's just say, like, a a generally unhealthy situation that these two, you know, young people were in and together. And it just brought back some memories for me of of something that happened to me in my last relationship where I was really on, on a car trip with somebody that really had, for lack of a better term, just really, like, turned against me. And became an an entity that did not resemble a human being to me in any way and was very very certain that I was the cause of their in in the in general or in that moment in that moment in the car in yeah. on this on this road trip and yeah. and so I was just you know in in going through this story in real time that's happening now and then just kind of remembering how I felt in that situation and There was a lot of liberation and freedom in it because I didn't get emotionally activated. I didn't feel the pain and the fear and the terror that I was feeling at that time, but I could witness it. Like, I remember feeling these feelings, but I didn't, I don't feel them today. So I feel like I'm healed. I'm safe. I'm, you know, I've, it's been, you know, a few years since it happened, which I guess in, you know, relativity, it's not that long, but I've been working on it. So, but I understand how a, one might feel in that kind of prisoner type of situation with someone that's not treating you kindly. Let's mm-hmm. just say, put it that way. Yeah. So then, so then it, it got around to, you know, and I've been single since then. I haven't been in a relationship. And so then just really, we started talking about boundaries, you know, and yeah. what boundaries look like for someone who has experienced, tr- you know, childhood trauma and, she did something interesting with me. She said, lace your fingers together and put them as tight as you can. And she's like, that's a really strong, like really tight boundary. And then let him go all the way to the end like this. And this is like no boundaries. 
So what you want to do is be about, you know, halfway where you have boundaries and you know what's right for you, but there's still room in between. And I was just like, wow, that's an interesting, an interesting concept. And I don't know if you remember, I told you this before about how my horse trainer said, how do you feel about your boundaries? And I didn't really have an answer. And I go, why do you ask? And she said, because this horse is telling you that you don't have any boundaries. And then I was super conflicted because I've always been the type of person that I felt like had very strong boundaries. And so right. what I learned yesterday was that you can be very over-boundaried in some areas and then have no boundaries in other areas. It's not like it's the same across the board. Right. So in those areas of being over-boundaried, you try to loosen it up a little bit. And in the areas where you don't have any boundaries, you try to tighten them up a little bit and just try to, you know, ride the middle and become. And then she also said that, Boundaries are a choice, not a compulsion. And I think that me having mm. gone through life with what I thought was just like, I didn't I think about it at the time. I didn't have any words for it. But I think I had such strong boundaries because I was just compulsively in that protective mode. And my boundary was everything. I'm not letting anyone in. I'm not letting anyone know me. And then I, when I look back on my relationships, I used to always blame the people I was in relationships with and say that, you know, when they would felt like they couldn't connect with me or they couldn't really know my heart or they couldn't, they didn't see me as ever being vulnerable or really letting them in. And I used to just turn it back on them and say, well, you're just too needy. Like mm -hmm. you, you are, <laughs> you know, you're up in my grill. You want too right. much. You're too needy. And so... We know how those things turned out. And so really, I got to really kind of reflect on my behavior in relationships and how, and then also those people probably felt like, so when you're with someone who won't let you in, and this is all speculation, but I feel like it might be accurate. <laughs> when you're with someone that really won't let you in, even though they're like, no, I like you, I love you, I'm with you, I'm, I'm all in, but they won't let you in, I think it gives an air of... There's something, I'm hiding something, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm being dishonest about something. And so I've often been accused of being with, you know, having all these secrets or hiding other activity, you know, romantic activity from the people that I'm with, which I generally haven't done. But mm -hmm. now I kind of got an understanding of like how it might feel for someone to try to be loving me and I'm not letting them in. And they're feeling more and more insecure, trying harder and harder. And then I'm getting more and more irritated. Like, you're too needy. Get off me. Like, get off right. my grill. And then them feeling like I have something to hide because right. I won't let them in. So I had right. just like this big epiphany about boundaries and that, you know, being over-boundaried has a very specific purpose. And it's definitely, of course, a coping mechanism and survival tool for someone who's had a traumatic boundary violation ever in their mm -hmm. life, usually as a child, which I think I probably had. And, you know, bound, there's boundaries at every level, energetic, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, you know, there's all different kinds of boundaries too. And so mm -hmm. it was just really a, it just kind of made sense for all the feedback I've gotten my whole life, basically, that people, you know, it's hard to get to know me or they're intimidated by me or they feel like I'm not vulnerable or I don't show myself or I don't, you know, reveal who I am and all that stuff. And then also I, I read something recently where a woman was talking about red flags and she said, I don't look for red flags in other people anymore. I just, I look for them in myself when it comes up in me, yeah. like that's my red flag, my reaction to something yeah. or someone that's, that's happening. And so I was thinking about my red flags that come up in me in my last 
couple relationships and how I was conditioned early on to just live with those. Like, oh, yeah, this came up. This person seems like they're a little misogynistic or maybe slightly, you know, a rageaholic or they're not really in touch with reality. But that's okay. I can I can deal with that because that feels normal to me. You know, that was yeah. the environment I grew up in. Like, wow, this terrible thing's happening. Like, no, it's okay. You're, you're fine. We're not going to talk about it. So mm-hmm. just to, you know, to metabolize and normalize those, those big, you know, fireworks displays going off inside me and just being like, that's okay. I'll just, mm-hmm. it's okay. You know, it'll, mm-hmm. I can deal with it, which yeah. I can't, you know, right. I can't deal well, with that. Well, you can, you can, but there's a cost. Right? Yeah, I can de- I can deal with it less and less as time went on yeah, until I got right. to the point where like, okay, I need to investigate what's going on here. Like, right. why why do I just sail past all these red flags and get yeah. in these situations with someone who wants to push me out of the car in the middle of the night in, yeah. you know, bumfuck North Dakota or whatever. So, so yeah, it was kind of a f- full circle moment. And it was stuff, you know, that's been knocking around. But to really have a specific reflection of myself and really a, a, just like this kind of self-awareness I feel like where a bunch of puzzle pieces kind of fell into place that I feel like had never exactly fallen into into place that way and I shared the story about driving I drove from LA to North Dakota with this person and it was a, just a really terrible terrifying trip and I shared it with a few of my coworkers when we were in a small group the other day and I was talking about it kind of nonchalantly, probably, you know, and they were just like mm-hmm. terrified looks on their faces like, oh, no, oh, I'm OK now. Don't you know, it's fine. It's yeah. whatever. And I I mean, is that an overshare or I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's a kind of a theme throughout my life of just like, oh, God, if I could tell you, if I could tell you a story. What I mean, maybe that's what we're doing. Right. We're t- yeah. Sharing yeah. the stories that are like, wow, that's kind of intense. That's kind of a big story. I mean. Yeah. And I and mean, again, you know, the story isn't about that person specifically. It's about my experience with that person. But I've yeah. learned, I learned a lot about, you know, behaviors surrounding that type of person and, you know, the ab- abuser and the yeah. person involved with the abuser and how, you know, uh, how we alter our behavior to try to navigate situations. And we often come across looking like the hysterical one and the one that's, you know, out of control and over emotional woman. And then the abuser is usually calm and very like cool and whatever when there's someone else around or an authority figure or something. So it's pretty wild. I mean, it's really super sad, of course, for how it turned out for this young woman that's in the news now. And I'm just really grateful, you know, that that wasn't the end of my story yeah. and that whoever's looking out for me, whatever, whatever energy or God or angels or guardian angels or spirit animals or whatever saw fit that I wasn't supposed to, that wasn't my demise. I mean, you know? I think it, a lot of things are kind of popping up for me. Of I like the idea of thinking of boundaries as like, doors in the house exterior door facing doors in the house and so I could imagine like well the front door I have like firmly barricaded right like Mm. I've got bars across and chains and many locks and I push the dresser in front of the front door but I have my the all the back doors are wide open right and how like disproportionate and weird and how actually like ineffective that is at keeping yourself safe right so that I like the the way of thinking about it, like all of all your boundaries should be 
should be there. Like you should be boundary. You should have a fence around your property, but it doesn't need to be Fort Knox. And it doesn't like the front door doesn't need to be barricaded while the back door is wide open. And, and I think, you know, I'm just thinking of like kind of original wound style, you know, cause I'm always, I have a metaphor. I have a like way of thinking about this kind of these roles that we play, the, these attributes that we act out based on like interior wounds, right? Like because I didn't get the things that I needed to thrive at certain ages and in certain ways and emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of those, like I, I have these, right, scratches on the recording disc. I have this like I, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of defective character, right? I have a glitch. I have a mm-hmm. glitch in my, like, in my perception of self and perception of, like, my intrinsic rights. And and so I th- I think of, like, okay, well, what, I- what is the, what is the glitch in, what were you working out? Like, and what's the, like, where does it come from? And mm-hmm. how do you recognize it? What, because essentially, you know, if you date a number of narcissists right in a row, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I just keep learning the same lesson, the same lesson. And what I think would be cool is because we do have experience with relationships that have turned out sour, right? <laughs> that have like ended. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, not ended in anyone arrested or being investigated or, but, but only because of good luck, right? Like not because that was not a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe like, what, what do you think? Like just not like setting aside the other person, Mm -hmm. but we talk about like what, what what is the arc of that relationship of like mm-hmm. pick pick the most likely relationship where you were you might have ended up dead right yeah. and mm-hmm. because to me like we we know some stuff if you could talk to that girl last mm-hmm. month what would we tell her what right. would we tell her about mm-hmm. like here's my experience of dating someone who is eventually you know is is a annihilator mm-hmm. is the destroyer well i think i had a, a couple of realizations yesterday about that also and thinking about when i entered into that relationship i was at a very unhappy place internally in my life and externally and i was I hadn't really recovered from the one before. I hadn't done any investigation into, you know, the stuff that I'm talking about now. And I think it was the same was probably true to a certain extent with the one before. And I wasn't, you know, I just, I wasn't content. I wasn't healed. I, I mean, I was sober this whole time, but I wasn't, I just was in a place where I was just feeling restless, irritable, and discontented. I was unhappy in my life. I was unhappy in my job. I was unhappy with the place I lived. I was unhappy with my prospects for the future. And then these people come along and there's huge red flags, but they're just like, hey, I'm going to offer you this get out of your life, you know, package. Mm -hmm. And 
I just, I just hooked up. I just was easily hooked yeah. because I wasn't grounded. I didn't have the foundation in myself internally or in my, I hadn't built so a what life. Does, um, what does being ungrounded feel like? Like what, what I'm trying to dig out is like, what are the, what is the work that you could have done at that point that would have maybe changed the outcome? Like mm -hmm. maybe how, cause I remember, so here is a, I remember when the first time I got sober, I asked my sponsor, or I was just mentioning, like, I just want a nice guy. I just want to date a nice <laughs> person. Mm -hmm. And she just, like, burned me to the ground by saying, well, maybe you should pray to be attracted to a nice person. Because they're actually everywhere. You just don't even see them. Yeah. And so, like, what is it? What was it about? What is it? Like, what's the wound? How do you treat the wound? So that, like, the next time the love-bombing narcissist comes along, that, that it just, like, like you yeah. Yeah. You're, you have a shield of protection that, that doesn't work on you. Well, right. Well, that's the big $64,000 question. And that's what, I think that's why it kind of came up yesterday in my therapy. Because, you know, there's a tiny grain of sand of, I don't know if I'd call it fear, but it definitely is in like apprehension of just like, oh shit, am I am I immune to this behavior? And yeah, and you know, I've succumbed so easily to it in the past of some offering of, you know, cash and prizes and glamour and, tra and travel or the things that, you know, sound fun. Like on the surface, it appears to be fun. And then I easily ignore all of the terrible things that I know come along with it. And so I think... I think for me personally, I know how I know that those things are fake and I I don't think I'm going to be hooked in easily just by the love bombing and those and the gifts and the cash and prizes anymore. But also, I feel like the pendulum has swung so far the other direction for me, like I'm so hyper aware of language and if you tell me that no one in your family is speaking to you and that you feel like you hate people and you don't need any friends, like, I'm just like, yeah. have a great life, dude. See you later. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I've, yeah. I've gone to the extreme the other way. And so part of the conversation was about just the pendulum kind of just staying in the middle and just like getting to know someone, taking my time, not moving away in the first, right. you know, whatever, just like very simple things. And really just, again, of course, listening to your intuition when it's screaming so loud listen yeah. because it's trying to guide me to my highest good and my I would highest argue, potential though, though i would argue that intuition doesn't always scream right like sure if my like wound if my like attraction to lapel du v right the mm -hmm. attraction of the dark right if that is stronger than my intuition i'm not i'm gonna think that is my intuition mm -hmm. i'm gonna think like and also so that's not say, to say that if it, that anyone that has something to offer me if anyone has you know a great successful life and they have a lot of material possessions and they have a lot to offer in their loving and supportive that by no means does that mean that that person doesn't qualify just based on those things but it's just like Get the information. Get the information. Take your time. Get to know someone. So that's, I think that's, to me, like, that's how to do it, how to, that's advice to give, right? Like, don't yeah. rush. Yeah. Don't rush into a relationship with someone who, on the outside, looks like they have a lot of be bells and whistles to offer you. Mm -hmm. Don't rush. No matter how much you like them, no matter how much they act like they like you, like, taking time. Yeah is a good idea. 
yeah. taking time to get <laughs> yeah, to know someone like is a yeah, good yeah. idea. <laughs> but that's the advice I didn't get. And if you think about yeah. fucking Disney movies or right, yeah, right, like they, someone's gonna come and sweep, sweep you, off, you your off, feet, off your feet, and that's your and Prince you're Charming. gonna right, you're gonna they're gonna have a cool car and they're gonna be the cool kid in school and you're gonna just like pine away until the day they noticed you because you wore your makeup just right and then. Mm-hmm. The, the romance movie ends on the first date, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, she got the guy or he rescued her from the evil stepmom and now <laughs> yeah. she's okay, right? Yeah. It always yeah. ends there. Happily ever after. But no, So nobody told me, like, a relationship that, like, goes quickly will probably also end quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? Or it like, should. It should end quickly. <laughs> or it'll, well, it'll end abruptly. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. If there's only first gear and fifth gear, you're in for a bumpy ride. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So go slow. That's a good, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. What would you say what to look for? What, what kind of qualities in someone that's wanting to date you are now a warning sign? A warning sign? Jealousy or like demanding all your attention, demanding that you move to their city, demanding that you give up anything of your own, any of your interests, hobbies, demanding that you get rid of your friends. Yeah. Demanding of your time and like your attention. Yeah. Focus. Only Mm -hmm. me. Only me. Only look at me. Only look at me. Mm hmm. Yeah. Any. Anything that you have to do or you like to do isn't important anymore. You can't get your well, flavor it of bubbly off water. Right? It starts off important. And then over time, it gets taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So, so. And look at how they're reflected in their community. What is their close circle? Who are their close circle of friends? Do they have a close circle of friends? Is their family speaking to them? Just like really simple things that are. It's simple now because can be we have the wisdom. Yeah, right, right. But I don't think it's simple. It wasn't simple for me when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Right? I think another one could be how do they talk about their exes? Mm, yeah. Really crazy good, bitch. Really good crazy insight bitch. right there. Yeah, yep. yeah. She went crazy. I had mm-hmm. to leave. She's yeah. got my kid. I, I had to leave. She went crazy. Mm-hmm. She, you know, how do they talk yeah. about their exes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what what is their community? What, how connected are they to community, you know, and how are they connected to my community? Are they willing to connect to my community? Are they kind? Are they, you know, go again, a call back to bell hooks. Like, do they do they revere me in those ways? Are they supportive and nurturing and kind and, you know, all of that stuff? Like, is there the potential that I'm going to have all my human basic human rights in this relationship, you know, and. What else? I, I, mean, I mean, I would say love bombing. Watch for love bombing. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, for sure. When, yeah, it, yeah. when it's, like, very intense and very much, like, mm-hmm. I've waited all my life to meet someone like you. and Yeah. Saying I love you too soon is a big one, too. And often I'm just like, oh, thank you. Like, do you even know me? Yeah. I mean, it always occurs, yeah. like, this doesn't even feel real. Because how could you know if you love me when we, you've known me a month, you know? Yeah, and really just feeling like, I mean, it feels really manipulative, all of those things. And just like, I've had, you know, the last couple were really big on love bombing. And I fought, I fought, you know, to 
I'm always, f- and, and it's not wrong for those things to feel good. That's why it works so well. That's yeah. why it works because those things feel good and they're meant to feel good. And we're meant to feel that stuff in a normal, healthy, well-balanced relationship, like having that companionship and that level of intimacy and having someone do something nice for you. Of course, it's supposed to feel good. Yeah. But when it's too much and all the time and too soon and unrealistic and, and all of that stuff, you know when it's happening. You know when a love bomb is happening or like, oh, we'd be yeah. perfect together. We'd be a power couple. Let me give you all these gifts. You're just like, dude, you don't know me. Like, how do you yeah. know what I'm like in a relationship? Right. And and so, yeah, I've experienced it in a lot of different ways throughout my life. It's a strategy. Life. Yeah. And that's not to say that I don't want gifts. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Or compliments. I like, com- yeah. you know, I'm, I like compliments. You're well, smart, I mean, you're funny, I think what, you know. what we're also swimming around is, like, what is it about you that, like, and me, because I have done it too, right? Like, what, what like, damage were they hooking into? Hooking, mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, if I, Love Bomb definitely, like, hooks into, like, I didn't feel like I got the recognition that I deserved as a human. Of course, yeah. You know? Of course, you make yeah. me the center of your universe, like, I respond to that. hmm yeah. Nowadays, I would I would feel, like, absolute panic if if that. Yeah. If that it's, was what I was Yeah, I feeling. mean, it's happened to me. It's happened to me recently, as you know, in a situation where just full court press, you know, just massive. And, you know, trying to set a boundary, trying to set a boundary. And I tried a couple times and it wasn't working and I just dipped. It's like now, like, oh, okay, I understand what it feels like when someone doesn't respect my boundaries. When I'm just like, hey, could you not, you know, talk to me this way? Or just, you know, I'm willing to get to know you, but you have to stop with the sexual innuendos or whatever. And they agree to to it. And then the next conversation, they're right back at it. And I'm just like, okay, they're not capable of doing it. Right. That's fine. Yeah. I'm out. I'm yeah. moving on. So I've the universe has given me some opportunities to practice what, what that feels like and to feel comfortable. And it's practice. You know, it's just practice of like, oh, this feels familiar and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel – it just feels chaotic and disre- – and this person does not understand the language that I'm speaking to them. And that's yeah. fine. No judgment on them. Yeah. Moving on. I mean, I think it was really helpful for me to – realized that the feeling that I had associated with like having a crush, mm-hmm. right. That like real fluttery, real like high intensity, like thinking about them all the time. You know, I mean, I would get to the point where like I'm designing my outfits for when I'm going to see them next. And it's all very planned. Like that kind of like hyper, hyper, mm crush hyper crush yeah. mm-hmm. was that a clothing brand maybe um <laughs> hyper color <laughs> yeah. but that kind of hi- hyper yeah that peak crush feeling was yeah. actually my intuition saying run <laughs> yeah right like this is you're dig- just like, shooting sparks yeah right run. this isn't because you're have a crush this is because this person is like hooking some past trauma mm-hmm and I shouldn't be walking around feeling spiked, you know, mm-hmm. about anything. That feeling is a feeling of dangerousness. The, you know, the book talks about restless, irritable, and discontent. And that that irritable means easily excited or exasperated. Mm-hmm. Except, like, I mean, some reactive. 
Yeah. Now, if I'm reacting to some attention from a person in a real spiked way, like that's not, that's not serenity. That's not peace. Mm -mm. That is untreated. And like, I'm in trouble when I'm, when I'm unconsciously doing that. Right. When it doesn't feel measured or calm or peaceful, like that's a bad spot for me. And I used to think that was the feeling of a crush. Right. Yeah. 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 You just, yeah. Just so excited. You can't sleep and all that stuff. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. Life just becomes, you wait, you're just happy all the time. It's just a massive rush of endorphins yeah. constantly. Yeah. Right. And even to really acknowledge that unwell people were drawn, you know, drawn or attracted to the unwell part of me and to just acknowledge that and have it be okay. Like, it's okay. It's good news. That's the good news because I have some agency over that part of the equation. I can, you know, I can seek some healing and I don't have to continue to be the beacon for all the, you know, the misfit toys. I'm not the, I'm not the, queen of the island of misfit toys i can be the queen of carrie's content you know peaceful life and if somebody is shows up content and peaceful and they're super awesome then great they get to they get to join in but at this stage of the game you know at this age there's just not that much room for drama you know and this last endeavor that i went on was just nothing but drama from minute one. And it felt it felt exciting in a time when my life didn't feel exciting. And you're right, it was just a, a mixed up signal <laughs> that I was getting of, you know, it was like winter in Seattle, which isn't my favorite. And I was just, you know, financially not in a good place, emotionally, spiritually, whatever. And it just, this, you know, excite excitement, mm-hmm. you know, moved me to believe that it was, something else and ego you know I've always I've always just been in a big I've I've been walking around in an in an orb that's dragged around by a oversized ego and I I don't feel that way today and I I do have faith that I've I've changed to the extent that it's going whatever comes in the future is going to be very obvious and I'm going to I have such a an authentic sounding board around mm-hmm. around yeah. me right. Right. you know and I'm such an overshare I never keep anything to myself it's like I'm sure you know there's probably days when you wish that I would nope but Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you how you feel Janet let me tell you how I you mean it's feel. critical that community is critical for my survival yeah it's the it it's is. a it's an authentic honest reflection of yep me when I can't see the truth about myself. And some of the other stuff that we were talking about last night also with our dear friend about, you know, behaviors when someone is gaslighting me, it's so obvious to me now, telling me what I think, telling me what I feel, not listening to what I'm telling them, not able to digest information or consider information I'm giving them is true and real. And just, you know what I mean? All of that stuff of the, just the kind of malignant, you know, overt or covert narcissist that I'm pretty in tune with that type of behavior or just completely, you know, just denial of 
any personal responsibility or accountability in any situation and and really like no ability to do any conflict resolution. There's no like restorative conversations. There's no just like calm, fair right. resolution to uh, it's disagreement. It's, it's always their it's way. Key. Yeah. It's key. I'm always the cause and it's always their their resolution is their resolution. And yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that is just so key. Yeah. It's because it's not about being perfect. You don't have to be perfect, but there no. has to be a practice of repair. Mm-hmm. Right? You can step on each other's toes and I can get my feelings hurt and you can get your feelings hurt, but A, like it that doesn't need to be a fight. And right. B, like if if we botch it, if we don't do it with like skillfully, there needs to be a repair. Mm-hmm. Right. There needs to be an acknowledgement and of like, yeah, I really botched that. And I could see that you were upset and and I'm going to try to do better. And here's what I learned. And tell me how you felt and like some kind of repair. And if there is never that, if it's always just like, well, what you say happened isn't what the tr- isn't what happened. I didn't yell at you. Mm-hmm. You know, you never get that. Yeah, Not then you're just in the get, twilight zone. You're just right. in the twilight zone in a relationship of just like, oh, shit. Well, I guess. Right. And if they do that to you once, that like that's enough. Bye. It is not going to change. It's no. not going to change. It's not. So what I feel like has happened in my relationships is we probably were creating the original wound with each other. Right. So their original wound looked like me as their mom, who wasn't emotionally available. And my original wound, you know, looked like them for not getting what I needed and whatever way or whatever. I don't even know, but just speculation, you know, guessing about everyone's wounds. But so you so you hook in to those original wounds and expect expect the the person to be able to behave in a type of way that they can't. I couldn't. They couldn't. And so you're in constant conflict. You're in constant conflict. Everyone's trying to get, you know, try to get what they need from the other person. You can't provide it. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So that's pretty clear. And and it's always important to me, you know, in my prayer and meditation, I always extend gratitude to those people because those have been my biggest teachers and my biggest lessons and again I'm so grateful that I've you know survived and that I you know the universe saw fit for me to go down a path of self-discovery instead of continuing to blame them and continuing to be mad about you know resentful about my childhood or them or that you know it's them 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 and because I feel like this is really, you know, this is rarefied air. Like, not everybody gets the opportunity to just, like, raise their frequency to this extent and to get the, you know, just, I think we talked about this before, just, like, to have the right Sherpas continue to show up and be like, here, let me show you this or let me guide you through this. And, you know, for you and I to have each other. And even, you know, my therapist was saying this yesterday. She's listening to the podcast. And she's like, how neat to have a friend, a friendship like you guys have. And I'm just like, I know. It's really just so, I'm so grateful for that, too. And for just all of the information and all of the lessons and our whole community that's kind of going down this. You know, our neighbors come over for our drum sessions. And it's just such a great time in life. It's yeah. just so beautiful. Yeah, it feels like a good, a good era right now. So I ha- I have an info. What are they called? Graphic. 
infographic. <laughs> yep. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you got I it. I was just joking. Oh my no, god, you got it. So it's um, it says, "What do boundaries feel like?" And the first time I read this, I was like, "It wasn't that long ago. It was like a year ago that I mm-hmm. first saw this. Maybe not even that." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like a lot of these things were surprising to me. Oh. So it says, "What do boundaries feel like?" One, it's not my job to fix others. It's a good one. What if it's my hobby? It might be your hobby, but it's not your job. You don't get paid for (laughs) it. You do that for free. Um, It's okay if others get angry. Mm. It is okay to say no. No is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. It's not my Mm. job to take responsibility for others. I don't have, this is the one that got me. Oh my God. It takes me like to being a freaking child. I don't have to anticipate the needs of others. (laughs) Because that's so much of my life. Mm -hmm. That is so much of my life. Mm. Goes on. We'll come back to that one. It's not my job to make people. Wait, it's my, it is my job to make me happy. Mm. Nobody has to agree with me. Mm. I have the right to my own feelings, and I am enough. Those, so that's what boundaries feel like. Yep. But that the subtle one, I don't have to anticipate the needs of others. I mean, that to me is like, oh, you're asking me to give away my number one coping strategy, <laughs> right? Like, I'm because because so much of my, I mean, I had a rough time in a young adult. I would say from like 12 to 22, like was rough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only just like lots of drug addiction, but but also like undiagnosed ADD. Like I was not good in school. I had uh, alcoholic, practicing alcoholic father who was always going on and off the wagon. Problematic mother. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I won't diagnose someone. But I was constantly, constantly analyzing the needs of others mm. and how, what, what would I have to do? Who do I have to be? What do I have to act like? Who do, what do I have to sound like? How do I have to act to like predict and satisfy what I thought, particularly my mother, like needed, mm-hmm. what she wanted, what she needed. And then, you know, secondarily my friends my boyfriends like Mm. that was totally my job I was like on your customers (laughs) yeah my customers well that I got something out of that one um but like just predicting the needs and like Mm -hmm. accommodating just accommodating and the problem is when that is such a full-time job that is like and and I become just like a shapeshifter I yeah. am never any one person consistently. And so I can imagine the way that that person ends up like affecting other people is they're mostly confused as to what the hell I'm up, like I'm up to. <laughs> like you I think probably how they describe it is like you seem shifty. You seem slippery. Right? Because I I'll just accommodate and there's no like there's not there's not a disagreement but there's no um like edges that separate you from me because I'll I just will like accommodate and I think that's probably pretty 
effective when you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like I have no agency to feed myself. I have no agency to like wash my own laundry or like, you know, basic skills. I can't get those done on my own. I depend on someone who is chaotic. Yeah. Right. And so like, how do you, how do you like make friends? It's fun, Mm -hmm. right? It's the, it's the reaction of in the, in when you're like flooded of of flight, fright, fear or fawn or whatever it is. Freeze. Mm -hmm. Whatever that list of bunch things. of F's, bunch of F words. Flight, fight or flight. What is it? Fight, flight, fawn, freeze. Yeah. There's no flight. There's no. I keep thinking it's flight, but it's not flight. Fight, freeze, fawn, fawn, or flight. Yeah, fight or flight is yeah yeah. Fight, flight, freeze, mm-hmm. fawn. There we go. So that I mean that's what fawn looks like. Mm-hmm. It's like what do you need me to be? Yeah. What do you need me to be? I will accommodate whatever I'm like predicting. And unfortunately, what I usually predict people are going to be is unhappy with me. Right. Right. Like you're not going to be happy with me. Like I'm I'm too something. Yeah. I mean, I walked around with the belief for uh, probably until two or three years ago that I was a lot. That's just what people would say about me. Oh, she's a lot. She's kind of a lot. I just thought that that's how I, that's that's how the world experienced me was kind of a little bit too much, mm-hmm. because that's how I was experienced at home. So when you, I, like, I will say that, that I think that's where it came from from the family. I don't think your friends think that have ever thought that about you. I think you carried that into from yeah, all, yeah, yeah. your family dynamic. Yeah, I'm certain. But I carried that until a few years ago. Yeah. That, right, that I, that I wear people out. And because I have had two partners that have died, that was very true for me, that, like, I eventually do wear people all the way out, right? If you're hmm. with me long enough... You may die. You may die. Hmm. Yeah. And, th- I mean, lot. that was yeah. as true. That was as true as, as, like, I also have black hair, mm-hmm. right? And then I remember... I remember my therapist did this such a great reveal to me of where I was talking about, like, I felt like I wasn't very good at work because I have ADD. I have um, unmedicated ADD, which means Mm -hmm. like the job that I have is a really good job for me because I have to do 10 things at a time, which Mm -hmm. that's perfect for me. I can do 10 things at a time. But if you ask me to do one thing, only one thing for 10 minutes, like I have a problem, like that's troubling for me. If I have to like write a paper from beginning to end, I, I have a hard time with that. But I was, I was talking to her about like, I feel like I'm not good at my job because I, I can't concentrate on one thing at a time. And I have a hard time. Like I was, I had to have a, some kind of report or something finished. And I was like stressed out about it. And I was like, I just feel like I'm not good at this job. And she's like, has anyone at your job ever told you that you're not good at your job? And I was like, no, no one's ever said that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> they say the complete opposite, right. right? They say the complete opposite. And she's like, maybe that's not how people experience you. Maybe if you're the only one saying it, it might be a damage. This might be a damage spot. This might mm-hmm. not be the truth. Right. And I was like, oh, holy shit. It's not about how 
I make myself seem to the world, right? It's not about like, I'm predicting that you're unhappy with me. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to make an accommodation. And if I just pile up those accommodations, I will eventually be a good person because I'm what you want me to be. But it was just like, how about you stop, like destroy that idea and just see how the world perceives you. Like take them, take what they say and have that be the reality. Like, we're so proud of you. You're doing a good job, right? Like you're very effective at your job. Like you're really getting a lot of stuff done and we can really count on you to push things past the line, which is what I hear most consistently. And it was, I mean, that was life-changing for me of like, and it all came from this idea that like, I'm not responsible for other, to anticipate other people's needs. I'm not, I'm not responsible to anticipate other people's feelings or what they want. It's not my job. And I mean, I think that felt like the last piece in like, I don't, I don't know, like a Tetris you know, when you got it all stacked up, so you're just waiting for the long skinny one. Yeah, That was a long skinny one where everything <laughs> yeah. just went, Boom. and like yeah. a big piece of shit that was blocking me from be like being who I am was just like removed. I love that. I love that. And the relationship I was in before this last one, that person would constantly be misplacing just like the general that you know keys wallet phone maybe ipad maybe laptop but keys wallet phone so i was in forever just walking behind him keeping track of his stuff because it became a big inconvenience for me anytime or several times each day that he would lose one or all of those things so I felt like I was doing it for myself, <laughs> like to make my life easier. So I didn't have to listen to many, many choruses of him. Well, like, right. where's my wallet? Where's my phone? Right. Where are my keys? I lost my backstage pass. I lost my fucking whatever. So in my mind, I was doing it for myself, but trying to manage, you know, trying Ant to anticipate, anticipate needs. his needs. Right. And eventually, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm not cut out for this. And also having the like reflecting back on my relationships from when I was younger to this point and doing a lot more fawning in the mo more recent relationships, more, more fawning. I think I have a belief that, you know, at this age or at this stage of life, like this is going to be the last person that's going to like me. So I have to make this one work because there's probably not going to be another one that's going to like me this much. Like these guys are just, you know, cra worshiping me, crazy worshiping me and just being like, well, I better make this one, mm. you know, or mm -hmm. because that's there's a, only I mean, a finite, a, a there's only a finite amount of people yeah. that are right. going to like me. And right. I've already been through quite a few of them. So I'm yeah. probably at the end of the line. Right. And so to really like, you know, smash that idea and just be like, whatever happens is fine. It may be true. It may not be true. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't well, matter and anymore. The, and to, like you're the object of that framework, right? You're the object. You're not the subject. It could be up to you. Exactly. Right? Like, sure, sure, when sure. I, when I'm ready or when, I, right? how many mm -hmm. guys I date next. Like, that's entirely up to you. It's not up to, you're not the object, right? right. That doesn't happen to you. 
Right. You can date whenever you want. Right. And also the key piece is that I now have built a life and gotten to know myself in a way that I don't need to get away from. I don't yeah, need comfort right. or relief from myself or from my life. And to to really just be content, like really honestly content in my life. I mean, you know, my of course my the dog is my life partner at this point anyway, but <laughs> to to really feel so grounded and fulfilled in that I now have built a life from the ashes, you know, the from the ground that I don't need to get away from and that I'm not looking for an escape hatch to bail to bail out of this to find something better. And that's really like the victory and the It's huge. Yeah, that's, that's really huge. that's really the message that I'm giving myself is if my life was exactly how it is today for the rest of my life, I would feel fulfilled, content and self-realized if I died tomorrow, there wouldn't yeah. be any, you know, and I, I couldn't even come near to saying that. And the last two times I got, I got in those relationships, I could never yeah. say that I was content with anything in my life. Yeah. I, I so, mean, that's my experiences. Like with a sample size of one, right? Like my husband and <laughs> yeah, I's relationship yeah. was like case study one. Right, I loved him very much, but he that was not a healthy relationship, right? I'm always like waiting for him to get loaded again and and then and we're not in really in recovery. I I loved him very much and I'm so glad he's the father of my kids and very sad that he has passed, but n not a relationship I would do again and Wait, is that true? It's like gut checking to see it's if that's true. It's hard to say that. It's I hard mean, to I say. understand the sentiment. I understand what you're saying, right. but it's hard to, yeah. But so the sample size of one where I did not, you know, in the current relationship that I'm in, I was not looking for a relationship at all. I was right where you were at, where, where it's like, if it happened, I wasn't even thinking about it, right? It wasn't even no, really yeah, on my yeah. radar. It didn't feel like it felt like the 10 step promises of like, I'm not thinking about it and I'm not, not thinking about it. It's like the problem has been removed. It, like whether or not I'm single, isn't something I thought about. Right. And I, you know, enough therapy and enough spiritual practice and enough physical practice and enough like restoration. And then like the potential could be realized, right? Like, well, it's like when we were at the chiropractor and he was, I must have said something about your boyfriend or something. And he said to me, but you're single, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, but you're single by choice, right? And I was like, well, isn't everybody? I mean, yeah. I go, yeah. I mean, I think he meant it as a compliment in a weird right. way, but it was right. kind of a twisted, like societal, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it gave right. that weird societal of like, right. like if you're a single woman, it's because you can't find someone or something. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He didn't or mean it that way. I love our chiropractor. Want, yeah. Yeah. I love, or you don't I love want him. to be in a relationship. There's right. neither. It's none of no. the above. No, yeah. I'm just like a, I'm just living. I'm just, just a bro. Living. Yeah, I'm just I'm just rolling along with my yeah. with my bros. I mean Yeah. But isn't that I think it's just like the kind of the old maid types, you know, spinster the sort crone, of right? social from the, social construct. Yeah, the virgin to the mother to the crone. 
those are those are the <laughs> archetypes, right? Those are the female those female archetypes. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just be like being a woman. No. You can't just be a woman. Never. No. Right. You can't just be a being. Right. Just being. Just like living life. Yeah. It's like the other day when I said to you, gosh, I feel like I should be, sometimes I feel like I should be doing something more. Like I have, but I'm happy. I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying my days. I'm doing some stuff. I mean, I don't know. Like, what am I doing this to myself? And you were like, uh. (laughs) What do you think you should be doing? And I go, I don't know. I literally, I I literally have no time to do anything more than what I do. Like, that's how I know my purposes are fulfilled right now. I literally have no time to do more. Yeah, I take I like to create little adventures, take the dog to a different dog park, like some something that I have to go do. I'll ride my motorcycle. I just I like to create little adventures. And yeah. I find that those days are very fun for me. Like, that's enough. And just, you know, on the day to day to it doesn't feel mundane to me. It feels just fine. It feels relaxing and it feels interesting. And I mean, it feels I, like I believe like. My happiness is directly related to how many people am I helping, right? Like the periods, if I think about like bad times and I think about, well, how, where was I, where in that period of my life was I really helping people? Like what was Mm -hmm. I doing to like participate in service or what was I doing? Because it's, if I, if I, Man, I don't do that well with time off from work because what I do is I, you know, I've mentioned it before. I have a brain that tends to think about, tends to write stories about me being excluded, mm-hmm. right? Tends to write stories about me being on the outside. And so if I have time that's like not filled, I don't use it very well. I use it to like kind of start writing a story that's, based in self-pity and self-centeredness and I don't I don't know if everyone's like that or if it's alcoholics or or just like everyone um, yeah I but think I think it's te- everyone I tend to write stories that are not that happy and so but when my when I don't have and and I will say like I have plenty of free time like I draw a lot I study the books I like to study I have plenty of free time but that free time isn't used that way. And I think it's because like a lot of my, the hours of my day are either spent at work or with in some kind of active service. Like I'm mm-hmm. meeting with someone else and participating in some like personal level or group level service. And I don't know, it just makes my whole life better. I just have less time to start the, the narrative of me feeling not very good. Not yeah, very happy. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that I would say that's another tip, man. Like, first of all, if you're in the like, if you're like starting a new relationship or in the middle of a new relationship, and it went and it started really fast and it started really intense, and you felt like very spiked, and you were getting totally love bombed, and your life seemed like it went from zero to sixty pretty quickly, and all, and you're like thinking about this person a lot of the time and really gassed up about the next time you're going to see them. And (laughs) like, you know, they make you like trip over your own feet 
and it's all happening very fast and you're at a time in your life where you're kind of discontent, right? Where you're not, things aren't really going your way and you're not, you're not really involved in serving other people. You're kind of act, you're kind of having some spare time to spend in thinking about how sad your life is and how unfortunate you are and how the scarcity, right? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's not enough for me and everyone else has a boyfriend and I don't have a boyfriend. And then this, you know, cyclone appears on your door that makes you feel all those things like. Warning, 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 storm I mean, warning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, that the that feeling that you're feeling that is identified as like crush crushing is really mm-hmm. like your boundaries are being penetrated with hooks. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a meat hook. Pot- it's a meat hook. It's a meat hook. This is like a potential <laughs> annihilator. Yeah. Right? I mean, and it might not be a hundred percent annihilation, but it's a it could be a lot. It's too much. Yeah, 1% is too much. 1% is too much. It could be a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting to see, you know, what's going to happen in the future for me in that regard. But I don't, I feel relaxed about it. And I feel, I trust myself. And that's, I mean, that was the theme. That's the theme of what I'm doing in this, like, phase of therapy is trust myself. And so it comes up in all kind of different types of ways. And it it comes up in this, in this way very profoundly and trust myself. And if I can trust myself in every aspect of decision-making, you know, thinking and boundaries and whatever, I'm golden. And and you know what? I think it's such a comforting thought of like, if I get off course, I have people around me that are going to point it out to me. Mm-hmm. And, and if I like, I, I will just practice the same spiritual principles that I practice today on that day too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if, 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 like I get a little bit twisted. I have people that will point it out to me and I will apply spiritual mm-hmm. tools. I'm not going to get so far adrift that I'm on my own and I got to figure it the fuck out because I've created this whole. Like I dropped everything for this relationship and now it has to work because I moved across the country for it. And if I don't figure it out, I'm kind of fucked. You know, I don't have anyone to tell me the truth. Yeah, I can't tell anyone the truth about what I'm doing. So they can't tell me the truth about what what I'm doing either. And also, the good news is when I'm off track or when I'm getting dragged by my ego or when I'm on that victim triangle or I'm getting wallowing in self pity, it feels so acutely uncomfortable. I can't stay there for very long anymore. And that's that's the great news. That's a softened heart. That's a softened heart. This feels so insanely uncomfortable to me and I know that it's happening and I've just I want it I want the antidote quickly. I just force myself hardcore into, you know, gratitude or whatever it is in, in that moment of just like, wow, I'm I'm spinning. I know I'm spinning. I know what this is. It's not real. I'm not I don't want to dra- let it drag me all the way down yeah. 
to wherever yeah. it's trying to take me. It's trying to separate me from my community. Yeah, I mean, and, and that me is symptom, that, yeah. to me, that's symptom one. That is like, that is such a subtle, when I start quitting things, when I start leaving mm-hmm. things, when I start saying mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like, I don't want to go yeah. to that meeting anymore. I don't I'm like leaving the, this home group. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. When I start mm-hmm. quitting things, that's when it's like, I'm in real trouble and I don't even see it. Right. Mm-hmm. But when life starts feeling like a like a itchy, too tight wool turtleneck and you're carrying like a <laughs> oh my backpack full of bricks, right? Like when you ha- start having that feeling, oh, yeah, tell someone about it, right? Talk about what's <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, Talk about what's yeah. going on. Yeah, because someone's bound to know that antidote, someone's yeah. bound to be able to help you carry that stuff or take it off, yeah, put it or, down. Yeah, like, right. Let's look at it. There's a solution. Right. Yeah. Let's look at it. I think it really does start with saying like, hey, this thing's happening to me and it feels uncomfortable and I feel like this and that and the other and somebody can say, wow, I felt that way too. Here's what I did. And that happened to me the last time I was feeling it. Our gorgeous, beautiful neighbor, you know, I ran into her outside on the sidewalk and she was like, how are you doing? And I said, I feel terrible. And she was like, oh, I've been through this recently. Here's what I did or, you know, whatever. And it's just like, and of course I have you like, well, I'm feeling really terrible. I'm all antsy in the kitchen. Like, well, I don't mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, I know what that is. Here's mm-hmm. here's what I would do. And so. But to try to act like it's not happening and try to fool everybody doesn't do me any favors. Yeah. And and but just to know, like you said, I think in the last episode of like to be able to to say that stuff about yourself to your community, knowing that they're not going to stop loving you because of it or right. that they're going to they're, that they're going to punish you for it. It's like to to build a community around yourself that you trust the people enough that you can be yourself yeah. in your in bad times good times questionable times um moose, moose's, say, moose's mom came up with a really like <laughs> she took a first aid class i think at work or something but she learned that like most choking victims die alone in the bathroom because they mm. start choking and they get embarrassed oh and they go to the bathroom to try to handle it themselves In the restaurant. In the restaurant. Oh, shit. And they die because they wanted to take care of it by themselves. And she was like, oh, that sounds familiar to me, right? Like, that's that's what we're talking about. If you start Mm -hmm. choking, let me know you're choking because I would love to, I would love to help. It would mean, I would, I would be devastated if you died in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, so I think that should just be that like extends to anyone who can hear this, right? If you're choking, mm-hmm. ask someone for help. Yeah, Heimlich, please. Well, and it's like we hear so often in in the rooms of AA, people talk about going to their doctor or going to a therapist and never telling them the truth. Yeah, right. It's like, why, you know, going through these motions, like, why would I go to the doctor and have all these physical symptoms and not tell them it's from drinking a gallon of vodka a day or go to a therapist and never talk about any of the stuff that's going on but yeah we can't help each other if we don't know the truth of course or how often have we have we lost someone that we love or care about and just say i had no idea that they were suffering you know i had no idea that this was going on with them yeah but it's a lot to ask too it's a lot to ask i mean i understand the complexity of but it's about reciprocity like being in a relationship means that 
sometimes you're the giver and sometimes you're the taker. Mm-hmm. And if you never let me help you, like how how functional is our relationship really? I never get the experience of like, wow, I really made a difference in her life today. Right? Mm-hmm. But like you get to have that, like because I ask for help or whatever, like you get to have that experience, but I don't. Right? Mm-hmm. Like all relationships right. should be sometimes like it's like we're, we're each giving and taking. And so, and it's not always equal. Like sometimes it's disproportionate and that's okay because it'll I told my sponsor I think on the first day that I met her I was like it sounds like it's your turn your turn in the barrel. Right? Like we all get a turn in the barrel. And mm-hmm. sometimes you're the one that's needs help and sometimes you're the one that gets to help. Yeah. Yeah, we have to really normalize that. I mean, there's, again, something about society that tells us that we're supposed to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Which is and that impossible. We're to, like, that's a yeah. saying because it's actually impossible. You cannot do <laughs> yeah. that. No. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not built like that. Yeah, it's it's like the 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 crumbling of the of the thing that makes humanity humanity, like to disconnect everyone from each other and then expect everyone to just be like a, a, a lone entity and to be f- a whole person and successful and fulfilled and emotionally, you know, stable and spiritually fit without any connection. Like that's the message from America in the 50s or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, t- to me, it's just like reeks of capitalism. Just yeah, stinks it's like capitalism. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and as long as you have the most yep. just stuff. Self, self-made man. I'm self-made. Yep, self-made. Nobody is. Yeah. That's fake. That's not real. Yeah. It's not. Like, why is society... Society is so messed up. It's <laughs> just so failed. But I have a lot of hope. I think that that's true. I do have hope. I, I have, have hope. a lot of hope. I do hope. have hope. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we're in the good hands of the Gen Zs and the millennials. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I feel really hopeful about about humanity and, and the planet, even though we have such glaring major setbacks and problems. But I guess that's part of the process of people figuring that out. I don't know how long we've been doing this. I didn't set my thing, but... It seems long like enough. about an it seems like an hour ish to me. And you're off to Portland for the weekend. That's yep. gonna be so fun. Dallas and I to... are gonna fly f- first class. It's kind of a low key flex because it's only to Portland. Thirty so minutes, like yeah. Forty five minute flight. But, well but it is first class. I'm going to go over to the east side and house sit, dog sit, and just turn on the fireplace and Watch get TVs. real cozy with these dogs and do and, some dog walks. Um, and when we get back next week, we will get the <gasps> the way that we're going to survive the winter, the gamification um, of our lives. Yeah, we're we're we've we've ordered a switch. We're going to partner with the downstairs neighbors and have a Mario Kart tournaments. If you have a Nintendo Switch and you want to be our friend, we will share our friend code and we can um, play video games together. So we're going to survive this winter in Seattle. Mario Kart. Mario mm-hmm. Kart. I think it's great. And because we burned through all of our games in our closet last winter, we were like, yeah, mm, what are we going to do we this really winter? We maxed them out. Like, I don't think we you'll did. ever play the train game ever again. I won't, no. I, or even the camel. What was the camel Camels one? Up. Camel, that was real fun, up. but we burned yeah. it out. Yeah, we just we just overdid it. But I will 
Mario Kart. So look forward to that and to being here for part of the winter. I can't commit to being in Seattle no, right. the whole winter, but yeah. Right. Um, we'll someone, we'll Moose's mom. I told Moose's mom she can take my place in the tournament video game gang once I'm not physically in this location anymore yeah. in the I dead mean, of winter. I'm sure there's so. plenty of people that will take a controller. For sure, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe it, it can be a rotating position for whoever. <laughs> there can be a sign-up sheet for <laughs> All right. All right, dear. I got to make some lunch. I'm starving. It's 3.21. I haven't eaten oh yet. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. Okay. All right. I'll see you in the kitchen. I'll see you in the kitchen. Bye. Bye.